Hello, everybody. I'm Kurt Cabana, and welcome to this week's episode of Pursuit for Purpose. I'm excited for our next awesome conversation, and this time, we're going to be talking about the little things. If this is your first time listening, Pursuit for Purpose brings the world's most passionate athletes and the coaches together to share our goals and aspirations by helping provide the teachings and the principles of the greatest minds before us and the greatest minds with us, the people around us will receive the foundations to build the rest of their lives and become champions of character. This week, we're joined by Matt Pawnee. Matt brings an honest perspective and passion for doing things the right way on and off the field. He pitched collegiately at Feather River, River College under Reed Peters, received his bachelor's degree in political science and his master's degree in secondary education from the University of Nevada, as well as a special education endorsement from Grand Canyon University. Matt is currently a special education teacher at Reed High School in Sparks, Nevada, where he teaches kids with high functioning autism. On the baseball field, Matt has served as a high school varsity pitching coach for seven years five years at Galena High School, and two years at Reed High School. He has served as the head coach of numerous travel baseball teams, including a stint as a 13U head softball coach in Alaska. Currently, he's on a sabbatical from coaching to make up for some lost time with his wife, Lindsay, his son, Tony, and his daughter, Cece. But don't let the sabbatical fool you. He still brings some major value to the game with his contributions through social media, where he brings awareness to many aspects of the game that seem to be getting lost as home runs take center stage. This is why I wanted to talk with him today about why the little things mean so much and, and how they add up to the big things. Please welcome me and joining Matt Bonney. Matt, thanks for being here, man. Kirk, this is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm happy we we're finally able to connect. I know you got some stuff going on on your end, but uh, yeah, anytime I get to sit down and kind of dive into the nuances of small ball and high character athletes and um, playing the game the right way, I'm all, I'm all for it. As you kind of said, I have that social media presence. And now that I'm not coaching, I'm spending a little bit more time, you know, on Twitter, getting all that in. And um, that's kind of where I'm getting my, my fill for um, talking the game. And um, it's kind of a special place. I'm learning a bunch and, um, you know, breaking bread with a different, with a bunch of different coaches and different attitudes and ideas. And it's a really cool time right now. Happy I, to think be here. So. I think so as well. And I, I definitely appreciate you, you taking the time and joining us. And I know you've got your, you know, own life adventures that are ahead of you right now as well too. And, but you know, I, just like you said, like I'm really enjoying social media as well too. Just that opportunity to, to break bread and, and, you know, it takes a lot, honestly, to put yourself out there, to, to go, to go for something and have an opinion, especially when, you know, sometimes that opinion is counter to what others, uh, you know, might believe or the direction that they see the game going, but no matter how we do it, I think it's also about doing it respectfully as human beings and, you know, treating each other, you know, kindly, but we don't always run into those people as well too. And they like to inject their opinions a little bit more uh, hot headed or, you know, hard, you know, the way that things go, but I've seen you uh, handle yourself with a lot of grace in in uh, those circumstances and how things go. But Man, I, I wanted to ask, you know, there's a lot of components that make up the little things in life and in our sport of baseball, which seem to be increasingly ignored as we get into the flash of, you know, home runs and launch angles and just, you know, throwing as hard as you can. You know, things like character, mental training, base running, bunting, to name a few. Why are the little things so important to you? Um, you know, Kurt, I, I'm, 
I'm not making an assumption of your age, but I'm guessing we're probably around the same. You know, I'm, I'm turning, I'm 35, turning 36 this year. 34, 34. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, you know, we grew up in kind of the, the heyday of, of good baseball. You know, we saw, we, you know, in the, in the mid nineties, we kind of saw that transition to home runs, you know, and I think a lot of that came down to um, the strike year of 94. You know, you saw a huge transition to wanting to bring um, fans back to the game. Um, wanting to bring more excitement back to the game. So you started to see 40 home runs, 50 home run seasons with major league baseball players before that time. I mean, it is exactly what I preach on Twitter. You know, you had, um, you had the good old boy coaches, you know, you had Whitey Herzog with the Cardinals, you know, he did Whitey ball, you know, he was all about hitting runs and um, utilizing his skill base and um, not kind of buying into the, the new age idea of, you know, we need 30 home run guys on our teams. We can win with what we have. Um, you have Augie Garrido, you know, over there when he was with Cal State Fullerton, he was, you know, he was the champion of bunting. Um, and, <laughs> you know, being being in Reno, I was able to go to, um, you know, Nevada baseball games and they were in the Big West at the time in the early 90s. And, you know, Augie was coming through town, you know, a couple of times every year. I didn't know it at the time, you know, but um, my dad did. And I think that's why he took us to those games, because he was always a champion of, you know, making sure that everyone on the team utilize their skill sets you know there wasn't you know kids that were being left out he was he was a little league coach for 20 years and um you know in, in little league you know during the during the 90s there wasn't those minimum play rules you know you got if you got in it was because you were benefiting the team one way or the other so you know my dad did a really good job of utilizing everyone's skills and one of those skills was was bunting you know and um doing whatever they could do to help the team um, I think was what got me on the path of kind of focusing on this aspect. And like you said, you know, Twitter is in social media in general is focused on home runs right now. And it's focused on pimping out of the box and walking 70 feet before you start running and how far you could throw the bat. And, <laughs> you know, in, in my opinion, that's not good baseball. It's not, um, it's not, um, you know, having, um, compassion for your, for your opponents. It's not, you know, it's making it about you and this is a we sport. And, you know, my goal is to kind of bring the focus back to the, we, not the me. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's, it's funny to just name a bunch of managers that just, I loved watching growing up and, you know, one that I loved being from California myself was, man, I loved Mike Sosha. I loved the way oh, yeah. that the angels played the, the game, you know, especially during that title run that they had, they were a small ball team, you know, it's just, getting the job done, doing what you need to do. And, and this game has been played for so long without the bells and whistles of everything that we have. And I'm not saying that I don't like that stuff. I think that there's, there's absolute value in these different things, but nothing replaces the work that needs to be put in. And so as we put our work into these other areas, like that, that are now glory muscles, essentially, we're, we're not putting the work into the other areas that make a player a complete ball player. And, um, you know, one of the things that you had shared, I believe it was even just yesterday, uh, but just uh, it, it was probably planned a little bit later in our chat, but, and how special was that play uh, in the old, old Miss uh, Oklahoma game where the, the second baseman is backing mm -hmm. it up? You know, it's just so many guys forget these days that there's somewhere to be on every single play. And it is beautiful to watch of how crucial that could have ended up, you know, making a game. They, the team, they ended up winning, not in because of that play, but that could have been something that spirals the game out of control in any, in any situation. Um, 
you know, so, so tell me about, about how you felt watching that live or watching that and, and seeing, you know, something like that come, you know, what does that make you think about even how a coach goes about their business or that everybody's on the same page? You know, like, are you able to feel like you can tell a lot about a team when you see things like that? Yeah. You know, initially when I was, I saw, I saw the bunt of course. Right. So I'm, I'm going to film the bunt and I'm going to, I'm going to get that thing on Twitter and, and to try to get it going a little bit. Um, but then again, you know, as soon as you watch it again, you start to see those other little things pop in. And I didn't notice it at first, but, you know, the second baseman, I mean, had to run about 100 feet to get because he was shifted, you know, and then he had to run across the field to get to that line, you know, to get in the right angle to get that, you know, overthrow by the third baseman. And then, you know, you reverse it a little bit and you see the right fielder track over to the line, too. So we talk about it all the time. Right. Coaches talk about, oh, you got to be somewhere you got. But. It, it's, it's actually funny. I talk about it a lot, but it was the first time someone had brought it up. It was the three B's. And as much as I've talked about it, I never heard this before. You either at the bat, you're at the ball, right? You're at the base or you're backing up, right? Love the it. three B's and I you're doing it. something on every single play. And I, and I, and um, someone on Twitter had said that and it kind of, you know, it got me thinking like, you're exactly right. You know, you got to be somewhere. If you don't have the ball, then you got to be backing up somewhere or you're going to your base. Um, how do you get athletes to do that? I think it, it starts at the foundation of how you build your team, right? Um, you know, I think we'll probably get into this in a little bit, but it is about bringing in those right pieces. Um, and it's, I think it's about setting that initial foundation of, um, of sacrifice, right? Of selflessness. Um, do you want me to get in kind of that selflessness? Please go, go, go down. Let's go. Let's okay. go. This is a rabbit hole. We'll go down. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, so, yeah. So in my opinion, and from what I've seen in my experience, you know, there's, there's kind of two types of, of coaching approaches. Um, you know, nowadays we're, we're 10 months out of the year, 11 months out of the year with our kids. Right. And that's the, that's even at the high school level. And it's, it's gotten to the point where it's a lot. And that was, you know, to be honest, that was one of the reasons why I had to step away, you know, and, and spend more time with my family. Um, but you know, we, we have coaches get into this and they say, you know, okay, I'm going to look over at this, the, at this team over here, who's had success and I'm going to try to mirror what they do. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm going to, I see this team and they're really, really good. And they look at like their last couple of years and they say, okay, well, they're out there, you know, five hours a day practicing. Um, they're going to all these tournaments. I have to do that too. Right. And in my opinion, what these coaches are missing is that initial phase, right? They're looking at that end product, but they're not looking at that initial thing that that coach did in order to get, for one, the players to buy in to being out there five hours a day. And to two, how to get the parents to buy into not seeing their kids at all and kind of giving their kids away for an entire year, right? right. So I think that foundation is built with that, with that sense of selflessness, okay? Um, selflessness, I believe, is, is built with, it's two-pronged. So the first thing is you have to be able to build trust, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, um, trust is built through team bonding. And as much as people talk about team bonding when it comes to, you know, you, you're running a business, you got to get your, 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 your employees on the same page, um, not many people do it. No. Nope. Not many people really spend that time to, to get their guys all on the same page. And I think back at my time at Feather River, and I didn't think, I didn't realize this at the time, 
now that I, as a coach, as a high school coach, sending kids off to JCs, I realized more what Ms., uh, what Coach Peters was doing. He only has us for one or two years. You know, now, I mean, there is that, the COVID kids who are there for, you know, but that's going to change and they're going to be gone. Um, but yeah, one or two years, how do you get those teams clicking, you know, to be able to compete at a different level that that's not just dependent upon their athletic talent. Right. Um, so I was like, so we always had these team building exercises early on in the fall. And that was a huge focus. Yes. We were out there six hours a day practicing. That's the old Juco life, right? The Juco yep, right. But we spent a lot of our weekends together doing team building things. Okay. So that's that first thing you have to build that trust. Um, the second aspect is, um, that's, you know, that selfless, that selflessness aspect um, is being involved with your community, right? So um, being able to sacrifice your time and your effort to benefit somebody else, okay? We live in the game changer nation, right? We get our, we get our stats updated nightly, right? right? Instantly our stats are updated. Um, it's all about me. Okay. It's what am I doing now? How am I hitting now? Um, what do I have to do? What kind of video am I going to post on social media? Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about how my team won, but it's going to be the very last sentence of my social media post. The first, <laughs> you know, the first paragraph is going to be how I went three for three with the double and, you know, five RBIs, whatever. Having that sense of sacrifice and, and trust opens that door to tons of different things when it comes to your team. Right. So having that initial foundation then allows you to do, OK, now I have a second baseman who trusts his team, who is willing to work his ass off. Part of my part of my language um, and is willing to go the extra mile and back up a base. It may seem simple, but it's not right. My experience as a high school coach, it is so hard to get kids to be vulnerable. It is so hard to get these kids to open up and to trust each other. Right. I mean, like I said, they're they're living in the day of day and age of, um, you know, trying to make their presence felt on social media, putting their best foot forward. They don't want to they don't want to seem vulnerable at all. And so when you don't have kids that are vulnerable on your team, they don't talk. Right. They're not communicating on the field. Um, you have catchers who lack that sense of authoritative you know, voice. Um, you don't have true leaders. You have guys that may voice things, but they're not really willing to get in there and get you know, brass knuckles if they have to because they can't trust each other, right? Everyone feels like they're being judged. So having that initial foundation of that, of that selflessness it provides countless opportunities for a program to, to grow and for everyone to have a role and to buy into that role and not to feel judged when they're doing it. Well, Matt, that's probably all that we need. Now just play that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was, that was awesome, man. I, I, I really appreciate you you setting the stage for, you know, the conversation that we really get to have because man, um, everything that you're talking about just is hitting me so hard in the chest right now, because as, as you know, you know, I just got my first head coaching opportunity at a college it's, and at a, at a junior college. And that's just everything that I want to do. Like, uh, you know, and I know it's going to take that intentional effort of building that foundation, building that trust, doing these exercises that have nothing to do with the game, but everything to do with bringing a group of people together. Cause you know, one of the things that I'll say to, to all these kids is baseball is the easy part. 
I think that's the easy part of this equation where we all love the game, but how do we get a group of people to come together so that we all collectively move forward towards our common goal of being our best team, but also still staying our, our individual persons moving towards our individual goals as well. And you're so right about just the idea of a game changer world, you know, they'll let you know right away whether or not they thought a hit was a hit or if it was an error and they need that corrected because that's all that matters to them. But did their team win? You know, did, did they do their job in recruiting and talking to these kids? I'm telling them, I don't care if you went over a hundred on the season, but you had 50 RBIs because every time a guy was on third base with less than two outs, you got him in, you know, that's an incredibly successful season. And now granted, you're going to find some hits in that if that's what you were able to do. But you know, how is the strikeout percentage just gone so up? Because guys don't have approaches and they don't have different things, but it comes down to that baseline foundation of being selfless, like, like you just talked about. And, and I love, I love that. And, and those are a lot of the things that I want to try to instill, just trying to be fundamentally sound, but I think we don't get there unless we do exactly what you talked about and, and build from the foundation. And especially at a, at a junior college level, you have a smaller amount of time. It's about having to do these things that really get them to buy in to that process. And, you know, baseball is only one component of what's going to get you to the next level you're going to have to have, you know, like some character and you're going to have to have some, you know, grades as well. And if you can do everything you can as a human being to command all aspects of your life, you're going to open up so many more opportunities for where you could potentially go and make a positive impact. So I, I really appreciate you going down that road and talking about being selfless and, and just, you know, what it's going to take to be a good teammate, because those are the little things. Those are the major little things that grow into some gigantic things. And you know, I believe that the little things in sports are a great representation to how we do things in our regular lives. So how have you used the awareness of the little details of the game to apply them to the little things in your own life? Um, so one of the reasons why, you know, I decided to, well, for, to step away from coaching, um, I was being selfish. In my opinion, I was being selfish. Um, with my time, with my um, um, relationships that I was having with um, other people's kids, um, <laughs> you know, and as much as I hated having our season canceled, you know, with COVID, um, and it was one of it was one of Reed's best starts. It was my first year over at Reading. We we're having an amazing. We were started off six and one, six and one. It was like the best start to the to the program that they've had in a bunch of years, and our season gets cut short. And right. I was heartbroken, right? Like I was, I was really excited to see this group of kids through. Um, I had coached a few of them prior to and during travel ball, so it was kind of a it was a new new adventure for me. Um, but yeah, so COVID hits, I get sent home, and I'm finally get I get to spend time with my um, two year old, who. I had to go, I went straight into summer ball a week after he was born. Right. You know, so it was, um, he was born in May, you know, May 24th. And so as soon as he was born, I was, I wasn't home, you know, and it's, it was, uh, it was two years of me coming home at six thirty, seven o'clock and him going to bed at seven 30. And I, I, I didn't know my kids, you know, and my, my wife, um, um, we were blessed with another, with another pregnancy and, 
our baby was born in um, December and I told I told my wife and I told Tony, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to spend time at home. I'm going to take some t- time away from coaching and I'm going to sacrifice, sacrifice myself for this family. Now, you know, I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to get vulnerable again with you guys. I'm not going to have these two different kind of lives. Um, so that was the, the one big thing, right. That kind of impacted my life. I was like, I need to, I need to walk the walk, right. If I'm going right. to talk all this talk about being selfless right. and, vulnerable. Like I got to do it myself. And if that means I got to take some time away from coaching, then that's what it's going to be. Um, on the baseball field, you know, I tweet a lot about bunting, of course, and chaos. And, um, you know, you can call it small ball. Those things are important to an athlete's growth because it is sacrifice. Everything involved with it is sacrifice. It is you in the box telling the guy behind you that I am willing to get out and not look good technically based on all these kids' opinions on what it means to bunt, right? doesn't look good. I'm, I'm willing to not look good and go back to the dugout so you could have a runner in scoring position so you could get the RBI, right? right? right. That is a life skill that will go on with these kids forever. That is a life skill that they will use in their marriage. That is a life skill that they'll use as employees, Right. Um, I like to backwards plan everything that I do. So as a SPED teacher, we have to write um, annual IEPs for our students, right? Individualized education plans. Mm-hmm. And parts of those plans are we have to create goals and then kind of have these benchmarks, kind of steps on how the kids are going to reach these goals. So I backwards plan everything. When I was a pitching coach, I didn't look at the first game. I looked at the last game. I looked at our tournaments and I planned out my pitching rotation based on that, based on days off. I didn't start at the beginning, I started at the end. Similar with this, right? I backwards plan these kids' lives, right? So I look at, I want these kids to be in, impactful spouses, impactful parents, impactful employees, and have a positive impact on their community. How am I going to do that? Right. And again, it goes back to that foundation of selflessness. And in no way can you be a, a, a good husband without being selfless, right? right? Without being vulnerable. Okay. I tried it. It doesn't work. Right. It doesn't, you build walls. Um, you begin to mistrust and you don't communicate and it creates division and the things that are important to you. Um, you need to be able to spend the time being your true self, being a good employee. Okay. Being selfless, being trustworthy. Okay. Is my, is my boss going to trust me with that million dollar, um, machine that I'm working on over there? Or is my boss going to trust me with, you know, doing the data crunching for payroll, right? Is he going to be able to trust that I show up to work on time? Okay. Like you said, the little things, okay. The little things matter. And the little things are setting these kids up for success later on down the road. And I think the biggest thing, apart from, of course, being a good husband and being a great father is what impact are you going to have on your community and as a whole? Okay. Mm -hmm. My goal as a high school coach is a, as much as I wanted it to be the same as a travel coach, it's a hundred percent different. Okay. And there was a recent vo- uh, video that was posted online of a, um, I don't even know what the guy's name was, but he was a travel coach and he was kind of bashing high school coaches. I don't know if you saw that. Or no, I, I saw it. I saw yeah. it. And I watched it. And of course he's, he's open to his opinion and I didn't get on there and comment. I, I let that one go. You, know, <laughs> as you have to do sometimes as I have to do with a lot of my things that I post, I got to let comments go. Um, it's a different world, right? My goal as a high school coach 
getting paid a dollar an hour to be out there <laughs> with other people's kids, right? I'm out there to make a fortune. Yeah, I like to have my time, you know, I like to, I like to get some money for it. You know, I like to be like, you know, my wife does, my mm-hmm. wife likes to, you know, know that I'm bringing something home, but I'm not there to make a fortune as a high school baseball coach. Okay. And no respect to no disrespect. I'm sorry to the travel coaches out there. I know a lot of really good travel coaches, but there's a difference. And Absolutely. my goal as a high school coach is to create a good human being, because I know as a good human being, you're going to be a good teammate. And you're going to help this team and this program impact the community huge, hugely, right? And it has the impact that a high school can have on its community is immeasurable. You can't, you can't discount the 50, 60, 70, 80 years that these schools have been open, the countless generations of parents and brothers and sisters that have gone through these schools and have worn these jerseys. And it's so, it's such a big deal. And I'm sure, you know, um, Kurt, as you take over this program, um, you're going to kind of experience that, right? You're going to, you're going to kind of see, okay, these are the the historical factors that go into this program. These are the things that I'm going to have to kind of continue. Um, I can kind of deviate a little bit over here on this stuff, but I got to kind of focus on these things too, because this is what's been part of this program for so long. Um, They're different worlds, right? They're different worlds. And my goal is to create good people. And um, good people are selfless, vulnerable, and they're trustworthy. There's there's a lot of things that I want to comment on in a awesome. positive manner of what you had just just said. But I mean, one, I love the backwards planning. That that's that's awesome. I really I really enjoy that idea because ultimately, yes, you set the goal in mind. Even just taking this example of junior college, if you want to get them to the four year level, well, then let's build let's build backwards. If you you know and because of the only, the things that I've done for myself and my own life and playing baseball at an unorthodox age, as far as college baseball and, and accomplishing some of those things, I'm going to support these kids in their, in their visions of who they want to become, but it's going to be my job then to ask them, okay, you've set this D one level, this professional baseball level. Now I got to hold you accountable and ask you, are those the actions of a division one baseball player? You know, are those the things that you do and you build it backwards from what it's going to take to get there, not only on the field, but off the field. And then additionally, just, you know, the community aspect of what what you said, you know, we get a very unique opportunity to participate in a major big little thing, which is the opportunity to give ourselves to others, especially the youth, you know, doing doing any kind of camps or different things or just even getting out there and volunteering in any capacity. And I think that's an aspect of what helps build a large foundation of, of these kids knowing that there's a bigger picture to what they're doing is getting them out there into the community. And, you know, as small colleges, different things, you know, you want support, but we can't get support unless we give ourselves. And so you, you, it's, I think it takes giving to know that you give altruistically knowing that you're not expecting anything in return, but good things happen when, when people give of themselves to, to other opportunities, because then somebody knows and gets that little attachment, especially if you make a, you know, a kid's day, you know, you go out there into the community support, bring little leaguers into the, into the mix and everything like that. It it goes a long way. And then now it doesn't matter that you might not ever play professionally, or you might not even get to the four-year level. You might leave having that kid be your biggest fan, you know, and, and, make an impact on that person who knows that I want to go and play college baseball so that I can make another kid, you know, feel valued and care for 
and just there's so many different components of what you can do. And that was a big thing that that I felt like negatively impacted my last couple of years of college baseball coaching. I wanted to be that much more in the community, but COVID rules wouldn't allow us to make that impact. So we lost that lesson of being able to, to help these kids understand just how important it is to, to give back. So I really appreciate you, you laying that foundation out there and making it apparent of how important it is. And, you know, in one of your other answers, you went on to discuss, you know, obviously what your coaching sabbatical had did. So I know that you answered some of this in this question that I want to ask about it, but another component to it is still within the question of just, you know, one of the little things that is actually a big thing is our family relationships. And so how is your sabbatical from coaching help strengthen the foundation of your home life? And how will it make you a better coach when you choose to return? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> just actually getting down to sit and talk to my wife every night, you know, without me being exhausted is, is hands <laughs> down. Yeah. Cause I'm, my wife is a, a night owl, right? I'm a morning guy. And so we're, we're trying to, now we get to kind of meet in the middle there. When I get off, when I get off school, I get to, um, um, I, we get the privilege of my wife being able to work from home. Awesome. She currently does. Yeah. She's an editor. So, um, she's at home with our daughter right now while our son's at preschool. And so we, you know, we get that time together and the ability for us just to communicate and, um, and whatever we do, we play games, we, um, watch shows together. You know, we, I talked to her about baseball a lot, you know, she, she still tells me, she's like, man, do you ever think about anything other than baseball? And I'm like, yeah, I think about you, honey. I think about you and baseball. Right. Um, but no, she's, she's super, you know, she's, she's very analytical when it comes to my interpretation of the things that I love when it comes to baseball. And it was funny when you reached out to me, um, about doing this podcast, you said that I feel like there's a different layer to, you know, the things that you post about and, my wife, Lindsay, she says that all the time to me. She's like, Matt, like you do these things and you talk about these things because you want to be that person, right? You want to be that selfless person and you want to be, you know, vulnerable to me and the kids. And, you know, you, you see an aspect of the thing that you love and you, you want to talk about it because you believe that it's something that is a catalyst or it's a vehicle for those character traits. And, you know, having that relationship where I can sit down and, and as much as she, I don't, you know, she probably doesn't really like it very much, but she loves me a lot. So she talks to me about, it. Um, you know, she uh, having that ability. I didn't have that before. You know, it was when I was home, I was home. It wasn't baseball because I just spent the previous four hours at the field. Right. So when I was home, now I was talking, you know, now I was talking strictly about, you know, um, what we had to do at home and um, the things that I had to do when I was at home and, it, you know, it, it was, it became another job, you know, it wasn't, um, and that's, and that's not why we got married in the first place. We're actually going to have our 10 year anniversary in two days on the 29th. So awesome. um, um, we're at a place now that I don't want to leave, you know, I'm um, moving forward, you know, when I, when I do get back into coaching, cause I will, um, I'm going to have my, my limits, you know, I'm going to have my standards. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that, if I do um, get into the high school world again, it's going to be um, based on, you know, with my family, my family's number one, you know, and I'm, and I'm not going to jeopardize my time with my family. Um, and if, you know, if like, if that's something that can't be worked around, then I'll look somewhere else, you know, and um, 
I just found that value, right? I've, I've rediscovered the why, right? The why, the why that I got married and it's not just for convenience, right? And that's, that's what it was becoming. It's, it's for, it's for purpose, right? It's like what the title of your podcast, right? It's that pursuit, right? It's that pursuit for that purposeful relationship. And um, I'm getting it, you know, I'm getting it, we're getting it back. And I'm getting that relationship with my son again. He, you know, kisses me, says he loves me and he knows me now. Um, you know, my, my baby girl, she smiles at me all the time and she knows me. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that for the world. That's awesome. And, and you can, you can hear it, you know, and just even, and, and the impact that it's had on yourself to return to having that, that come in and that purpose and life is driven through you from this experience and not something that you're chasing on, on the baseball field. And, you know, it, it's, awesome to hear you you talk about that aspect of, of what you've experienced and knowing what you'll get when you return to the game because that's another part of wisdom that you'll impart on the kids that mm-hmm. learn how to set these boundaries learn how to to value what is important because at some point our sport will fail us yeah and, and it, yeah. The, the kids the kids have a hard time understanding it mm-hmm. you know and I, I worked hard my last year of coaching, um, we had a great experience at Reed um, under Coach Matherly. He does a great job over there. Um, and, you know, I, I was setting those kind of boundaries when it came to my time and the kids didn't understand, you know, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't realize why Coach Pony was leaving at five every day, right? you know, and practice was still going on for another 45 minutes, right? And um, that was, you know, that was something that Coach Matherly and myself, we agreed on and, you um, you know, it, it turned out that it wasn't enough. You know, so, um, you know, they don't, the, the kids have a hard time kind of understanding that there is a life outside of, of high school sports. Right. And I have a, one of my big, my, one of the big reasons why I post the things that I post is because of that impact that I'm having with the youth, with the youth level, with the high school kids, with the college kids that, that follow me on Twitter. Um, the majority of them are you know, it's, of course, there's coaches on there too, but I want to communicate to them that there's a reason you're doing what you're doing and you don't have to sacrifice family, right? You don't have to sacrifice your convictions for um, something later down the road, right? If it's meant to be, it's going to be. And the, the amount of fruit that's come out of this, uh, that's come out of this sabbatical, I can't count it. You know, right, and, right. and I'm doing podcast interviews like what, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you guys didn't know who I was, you know, six months ago, seven months ago. So it's um, it's it's become it's become a, a passion and a, and a kind of goal of mine to kind of impart that. on That's the awesome. Make sure, yeah. Make sure that they know it's OK. It's exactly. OK to set standards and set, set these kind of barriers and know, right. you know, this is my limit and we're not going past that limit. You, you know, you talk about the impact that you're able to have on, on high school kids, college kids, how has teaching special education helped you become a better coach and a connector to the youth? Oh my gosh. Um, so special ed actually wasn't my goal, right. Out of, out of college. I, my goal was to go to law school. Um, did, did the whole law school route for a year. Found out real quick. That wasn't what I said. <laughs> um, although like I love the content, right. I love the aspect of law, but it was just the atmosphere, you know, and I wanted to coach coaching was always kind of something that I had on the back of my mind. 
And I was like, okay, well, for one, I'm not gonna be able to spend time coaching and at home when I'm, when I'm a lawyer. And there's a lot of lawyers who can do it. You know, I just, my personality doesn't allow me to do that. Um, so I went back, yeah, I went back to school. Um, we moved up to Alaska in um, 2012 and I got involved with special education up there. I was a paraprofessional, um, worked one-on-one with um, a, a couple different students and it showed me the human side of education and the human side of coaching. Um, Love it. And it made me realize that actually I'm, I'm really good at working with kids with special needs. You know, I'm really good at working and communicating with them and getting them to communicate and advocate for themselves. And this is something that I want to do. So I went back to school, got my master's in secondary education, um, actually wanted to get into history. You know, that's my initial passion is that history, you know, those politics. History is a hard position to get into um, in Washoe County where I'm at. Um, and I, there was an opening at Galena where I had just got on to coach and it was a special ed opening and they asked me if I wanted that. So I took it, hopped on it real quick. So I was like, I want to coach at the place that I teach at. Right. And um, from there, it, it really, it really opens my eyes to the, um, the idea of compassion, right? Uh, I think as a coach, we go into our situations and we go into our games with a goal in mind and we sometimes miss the human element that comes with it. And having kids of my own now, I'm like, I've, I've come full circle, you know, 180. And knowing that these are little humans out there, you know, these are people's kids um, that have their own emotions, that have their own experiences, that um, take coaching differently. Everyone right. takes a different, you know, coaching a different way. How do I adapt myself? And that's what special ed really taught me to do. I have to write these IEPs specifically individualized for each kid. And it's made me kind of go into my teaching profession um, and look at it from step by step, like I, like I kind of already talked about, right? Backwards planning, but right. looking at every single kid step by step, backwards plan. And so I know that every kid's different. I know that every kid takes a different kind of teaching or coaching, right? Teaching and coaching are the same thing. You know, if, if you know, you, you hear people say that, like, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a teacher because I coach, right? Or I, I'm a coach first and I'm a teacher. We're teachers. And we are, we're, we're, you know, at the end of the day, we, we got to be able to communicate. And that, that special ed aspect has given me the um, knowledge of how to communicate, um, how to speak at a level that is at the kids level and um, not to, you know, you know, I'm I'm never going to oversimplify. I'm always going to push. I'm always going to um, have high expectations for my students and my players. Um, But like I said, it's, it's made me realize that each kid is different. Each kid has our own way of learning and it's made me, you know, a more compassionate coach and a a better communicator. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that perspective of what you get to go through as, as a special education teacher and, and genuinely sharing that the connection that you get to make with the people, because it's one of the things that I care about the most when it comes down to this, this opportunity to connect with another human being, there is a person behind that athlete. 
And I'll tell all of my players all the time. And, and I've loved this process of getting to know the guys that are returning and getting to know the kids that are committed to the school that I never talked to and, and just get to talk to them about some of my absolutes. And some of those things are, I'm going to always care about you more as a person than I do as a baseball player. And if, if I take care of you as a human being, the best of your athletic ability kind of has no choice, but to come. And does that mean that you're going to reach professional baseball? I, I have no idea. That's not for me to decide or you to decide, but I want to try to help encourage you as a human being to be all that you can be as a person. And you're not going to then take care of the other aspects of what makes you, a, you know, a, your education, your spirituality, nutrition, fitness, health, family relationships, you're not going to put a bunch of effort into that stuff and then ignore the thing that we actually are, you know, that we claim that we care about together and that we're working on. But we both know how much failure is, is built in this sport. And if we can kind of take care of some of those other things that make you a person, then when you experience that failure, you're going to get back up a little bit easier. But when you're only identified as an athlete and then your sport fails you, then you're left to wonder who the heck you are. And, and I don't want that experience to have to happen for these kids because I unfortunately had to experience that myself at their age and it's not fun you're going to tuck your tail and, and hide in plain sight for 10 years and and then decide to go back and play junior college baseball at 30 years old like a crazy person and you know and and you're not going to probably have a wife that's as nice as as mine that's let me to make these crazy decisions that I've made and move us across the country like don't have to hope to get that lucky um, I'm blessed for myself that, that, you know, I've got somebody in my corner that is willing to let me do some of these things because it, she, I think, understands it's how I'm going to give the best version of myself to my family, but that's not going to be it, you know, everybody and, and, and what you get to do. So, I mean, I, I just really appreciate you sharing that aspect of, of the, the person behind it all, because each individual is, is a, is a human being, even with, any kind of special needs that, that are there. It's, it even takes that much more of a noble and humble person to work to, to get that out of them still, because you still see the best qualities of what they can become. And, and I know that that's gotta be something very empowering for yourself when you're able to build this individual IEP plan for somebody and then see them bring it out of themselves because you saw it within them first. So I think that's, that's really powerful, man. And, and I think that's only going to, like you said, it's going to only make you a, a better and better coach and connector to, to the youth as you continue to go on. Absolutely. You know, and seeing, seeing kids in the, in the school setting who truly struggle and who truly have huge, you know, huge hills that they have to climb. And hearing, you know, hearing some kids on the baseball field whine and complain about certain things, I'm like, you guys have no idea. <laughs> you know, you, right, you, right, you right. have no idea. And that's where that community service comes in. Right. It, it, you know, it, it opens up their eyes to these people have, you know, I mean, if you want to go down, let's, let's go down to the food shelter, Ronald McDonald House, and let's serve dinner. And let's see, okay, these parents are here because their kids are in the hospital. Like that's, that's sad. Right. Like the, the people got, that's, that's not great. And they, you know, they're they alive. can't, they're putting them up here because they, you know, the, the funds are low and you know, they're like, that's sad stuff, you know, or, you know, you can go down and get coats donated and Oh, like we're doing this because these, these people, they don't, they don't have warm clothing for the winter. And, 
without that experience and without actually seeing these things, there's this sense of superiority and um, and just distance that these kids have that is it's it's not good, you know. And the, and as soon as they realize that, oh, actually, it's not that bad, they're not going to get pissed off and pout when they strike mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not going to throw their glove when they give up a a, a game time walk, a, you know, home run. Right? They're right. not going to. Um, they're not going to see a game as the end of the world because they're going to realize that there's a lot bigger things out there. Right. And there's a lot, there's, there's people that are dealing with a lot bigger things and are handling those things at a better, you know, in a better way right. than you are right now. Right. You know, right. so it, all of that, you know, boils down to, to that foundation of that selflessness. It, it honestly does. Yeah. Really. I mean, and, and again, it's just a, it's a powerful life lesson that that gets to be taught through the vehicle of sports that that we get to use and helps them build some perspective that otherwise they wouldn't have have done and if we don't engage in that then we miss an opportunity as human beings and coaches to impart that that lesson on to these kids and if they take it in then you know what we what we teach they learn and what they learn they'll teach and and i think that you know it's an important aspect of making sure that we we pass that along to them so that they know that they got a chance to see it. And it may, if they hadn't, you know, that's, that's fine, but it's an opportunity right now for them to, to learn that, that lesson. And I wanted to ask, uh, you know, kind of, I guess my flagship question that I enjoy getting to ask, but Matt, what's your purpose? My purpose is to have every, or as many student athletes as I can um, look back and say, my experience made me the man that I am today, the better man that I am today. Wow. It, it, took me, it took me a long time to get to that point. Um, I was very transactional when I first started coaching. And transactional is, you know, I, we get a group of kids in, we're going to do what we got to do. We're going to get a new group of kids in, we're going to do what we got to do. We're going to get, you know, and it was just this kind of ongoing thing. I didn't realize the kind of impacts that I could actually have on these kids. Um, the other night I was at um, the Reno rodeo and I saw two of my ex players and they ran over and hugged me. And I knew, and I knew I was like, these, I made, there was an impact there, right? right? There was, I, as much as I loved my coaches that I played for, you know, in high school and um, in junior college, I didn't have that relationship. I knew that at some, you know, a couple of years into, into my coaching, I had made an adjustment and I started that relationship component and each of those guys, they're not playing baseball anymore. Um, one just got hurt and is going to have to have arm surgery, but he has a plan and he knows what he's going to do. And he knows that he's going to come back to school here at, in Reno and he's going to, he knows exactly what he's going to study and he's got his own place and he's, um, he has an outlook on life that's positive and he's willing to communicate and talk about that with me. And that right there, if these, if, if any one of these kids invites me to their wedding, I know that I did it. Right. I know that I made an impact that was bigger than the game. I know they're going to get what they're, I know they're going to get content. Right. I know they're going to get the sports specific content knowledge. Right. Anyone can teach that right. stuff. Right. Right. Anyone can teach content. It's how we do it and how we um, impart ourselves on each of these kids that that's the purpose. Right. That's, that's what makes our jobs as high school coaches so unique. And as, 
college coaches so unique and so different from other coaching professions. Um, we get to make it, we make get to make a huge difference on them. We, uh, I, I enjoy that we've spent almost 45 minutes talking about sports without even talking about sports. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just talking about the, the little things of, of what gets to make this whole experience a bigger experience. And a lot of it comes down to the foundation and selflessness, like you talked about in your very first, you know, expression and answer of, of talking about this stuff. And, you know, character is just something that I won't back off personally, like trying to help develop as people through sports. Mm-hmm. How does a player developing and showcasing good character in sports translate to the rest of their off the field life? Okay. High character plus high expectations equals championships and that in my opinion that is the that is the foundation and that's the that's the perfect formula right okay, if you if you bring in high character dudes into your program okay and even going back you you have same talent guys mm-hmm. same talent one's high character one's not high character who are you going to take and, <laughs> high character All you know that. and that's it, it, it actually comes down to that and and i get and that was something that I, I talked about for a long time was why aren't my high character guys getting more looks? Why aren't these guys getting more pursued by colleges? And it was something that I, that I, you know, put out into the world, into the Twitter world. And the answers that I got were, well, you know, we, we can make, we can work on character. We can, we can develop character. And in my opinion, you can't, you can, fine tune. I mean, you can, you know, try to get kids away from, from doing bad habits or having, you know, having um, tendencies that aren't great or that kind of push them in the wrong direction. Sure. Right. As, as influencers, we can do that as coaches. However, like I said, anyone can teach a skill. Anyone can teach you how to fill the ground ball correctly. Anyone can teach you how to hit an inside fastball. Anyone can teach you how to get over your front side when you're throwing a curveball. Okay. That is foundational as a coach. No one can honestly teach you how to be a good person. That is in your, that is built within you. That is your soul. That is something that your parents worked extremely hard on cultivating and bring them in, bring these kids in. If you're a high character kid, you are open to learning. You show up on time. You get your crap done in the classroom. There's no issues. I mean, you might have a grade here that's bad, but you're not going to be a, um, a, a grade issue, a GPA problem. You, um, you know, I'm not saying these kids don't get in trouble, but you can trust that they're going to do the right thing later on. Like, they're going to learn from their mistakes. They're not right, going to do right. the same thing over and over. And we can teach them. And you can hone those skills and you could build those skills, I believe, at a faster pace than you can the kid that's talented, but who is unwilling to learn because they're, they don't have a great character quality, right? So as a coach, I would, I would much rather bring in a high character kid because I know that that kid's going to have goals. He's going to be driven. He's going to have something else outside of baseball that's going to push him to succeed. And, you know, if, if you have a kid that's, that's driven, that wants to, you know, work for a fortune 500 company, he knows that he's going to have to keep his grades up to get to that. You know, he's going to have to go to a university and get a BA mm-hmm. after his associates. And so he's going to have to have a high GPA. I mean, the kid's going to be driven to succeed. 
you know, and he's, he's going to, and if he wants to continue playing baseball, he's going to, you know, want to work on his skills as well on the field. So um, high character is, in my opinion, much more important than strictly skill because skill can be taught. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, and again, just reverting it back to, you know, the foundational stuff that we talked about with, but just building ourselves as, as selfless teammates as, as being contributors to the community, as being somebody that has a high character. Those are the kind of kids that are then going to go out and do anything that it takes to help a team win. They're going to have, that's going to translate a lot of times, I believe, to high baseball IQ. Yes. It's going to translate to running the bases aggressively or just knowing what's going on in the situation, you know, picking mm-hmm. up on the little things out there that can allow you to gain a competitive advantage. And and, you know, I, I'm not going to make us go down, a, you know, a crazy road right now as, uh, as we're getting close to the end of, of, you know, what you think about base running or what you think about bunting, because I think that those things are inherent within our mm-hmm. conversation of saying that, you know, we're going to do those things because they're the little things. They're the little things that are going to cultivate championships, just like you said, of a, of a person that's got high, high character mm-hmm. and high expectations is going to build that championship team. And those people are going to be the people that do those little things like back up a first baseman when you got to run a hundred feet on a bunt coverage, it's going to be reading a lazy tendency of an outfielder throwing a ball to a cutoff while that guy's running to third base. And I'm going to send him home because I'm going to make him make a throw where Mm -hmm. he's got a quick think. And now, you know, maybe his body doesn't respond the way it is, especially when it comes down to the fact that we're amateurs. I'm going to make people make decisions and make plays. And if I get them thrown out, I get them thrown out. But if I catch you sleeping, I'm going to try to have some fun because we're looking for the little things, the little competitive advantages of where things go. But Matt, I wanted to, uh, you know, give you a chance to, uh, you know, share with anybody where they could potentially find any, any more information that, that you share out there. I know Twitter is a large platform, but I don't know if you have anything else that, that you want to share or, or anything that, that can help anybody follow along in, in your journey and in your mindset. Sure. No. So Twitter is kind of my only platform that I, um, that's my baseball platform. I do have other social medias, uh, but I don't post baseball stuff to those. Right. Baseball is strictly baseball and I don't post political stuff. I, I mean, I, I, I was there for a little bit, but I shied away from that. Um, no. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's at coach pags, P A G S seven, seven, five. Um, I'm on there all the time, you know, shooting out good ideas, videos. Um, like you said, the little things that um, I think make really good baseball teams. Um, so before we end, I kind of wanted to um, read a quote that really stands out to me as what this is about, the little things and bringing in the right pieces. Um, so the Art of War by um, Sun Tzu. So he says, the clever combatant looks to the effect of combined energy and does not require too much from individuals. Hence his ability to pick out the right men and utilize combined energy. So the ability to pick out those right pieces, those selfless pieces, those guys. I mean, as a high school coach, I hear it all the time. You know, we don't get to, you know, pick the guys that we want on our team. They just come to our school. We, we can, we can pick out the ones that we, that, you know, have those traits, right. Those selfless traits. We can look a little bit closer and look a right. little, you know, have a little more focus on those things. And as, as call as a college coach, I'm sure Kirk, you, 
you know, like you want to look for those things. And if you can have those, those character traits, that selflessness, then you, you can ask a kid to bunt backwards and bunt left-handed and hit with his eyes closed. And he's going to do it because he knows that it's what's best for the team. And he, he'll have trust in you. He'll have trust in the decisions of the coaching staff. And um, the program will be better for it, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a remarkable quote to, to help us get on out of here for, for the day. And, and again, guys, I encourage anybody that's listening to, to make sure to follow if you're not, if you're not already, because you're going to get a, a lot of great insight, uh, especially into the baseball world, but to know that these are the thoughts that, that go behind that insight. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed, uh, you know, everything that, that's your, your, you post and, and share your perspectives and, and, even when it's just something unorthodox, it's challenging the convention of, of just question of, of if somebody can provide me an answer that allows, you know, different things to, to make sense to me, then, then I get it. But most of the time it's, it's just, uh, it's not necessarily people's responses aren't necessarily something that fits the mold of what makes a good teammate. It, mm-hmm. It's if you're looking to create an individual, but that's not what it is. It's that combined energy that you just talked about that, that allows a team to go together. I'm sure that you can ask any one of these guys that just won the national championship, if they would trade their individual season for what they got to celebrate right there at the end, they would all trade. They would all trade it for, for what they got to do and and participate Mm -hmm. in that dog pile. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I mean, man, I I really appreciate you taking your time uh, with me today and, and just honestly helping me get a little bit better as, as a person and, and making me get to feel like I, I learned something about the balance of how this is all supposed to be, because I am one of those very hungry coaches that's, that's going a little bit too hard at different times. And I know an area of my life that I have to improve upon is that balance at home. And, and that time that, that is spent when, when, you know, making sure that your feet are at where, where you're at and not taking advantage of the fact that, those are the people that love you the most and they'll, they'll give you the most leeway. You know, they deserve that. They deserve your most. And, and instead of taking advantage of that, I, I know I want to do a lot better uh, job at just improving, uh, improving upon that, that life balance that, that comes with this thing so that, uh, you know, it, it, I get to keep that relationship and get to keep the, that growth that's happening there. And uh, again, I just appreciate your time and uh, you know, please, if there's ever anything that I could do for you, you know, as a person, you know, don't, don't hesitate to reach out and you're, you're a part of the, the good group of people that are helping this game grow forward as, as human beings more than, than just athletes. And I think that goes a long way, man. Thanks, Kirk. I appreciate your time, buddy. Absolutely. Take care of yourself and see everybody next week.